Welcome once again to the Real Estate Titans podcast. I'm your host, Frank Gray, here with, you know, Katie Lewis in the house. And our Titan of the day, we have Tom Rapasarda. He is with Rapasarda Real Estate here in Vacaville, California. You're based out of Vacaville, right, Tom? Is that yeah, your born and raised? There you go. Out of Vacaville, California, and we're going to pick this guy's brain. He is an absolute titan. This is definitely going under the Titan series, Katie, right? So, um, and we'd like to get right to the point, right? Right to the point. So let me just give you some numbers uh, that that Tom and his team has done, just so we're, you know, just um, solidifying the fact that he is indeed a titan. 2021, we know everybody killed 2021, but so did Tom. Tom personally did, personally did 123 units. His team did an, an additional 130 units in 2021 for a total of 253. Absolutely remarkable. 2022, Tom personally did 85. What a slouch, Tom. You're such a slouch, I tell That's you. Tough year. <laughs> tough year, right? His team did 81 for a total of 166. Now let's look at year to date. And this is through uh, this is through May, right? Yeah. Right, Tom? Yeah. So through the month of May, Tom has personally done 32 units. <laughs> His team has done 30 for a total of 62 through the month of May, 2023. Katie, what do you say? Round of applause. Big round of applause. Round of applause. Congratulations, my friend. This is epic, epic stuff. I cannot wait to just dig in and find out what in the heck you got going on. You know, Tom, there's a lot of people who watch the podcast, you know, they're they're let's let's be honest. A lot of them are agents who are looking for answers, right? Like- and so when you look at numbers like this, I mean, man, a lot of people might think, oh, God, is that even plausible, right? Is that yeah. even possible? But it is. You're doing it, right? Tom, I just wanted for everybody to be very clear. Were you an, a new agent once? Just curious. Yeah, back in 2006, right before the market really turned. <laughs> the best time to get into the business. Time to get in the market. Well, 2006 wasn't bad because you were getting in and things were happening. Then two years later, it was like a nuclear bomb hit. You right? didn't get much time, yeah. You, you know, I think it's perspective. When I got in in 2006, all I knew was hard work and grinding. I did four transactions, 2006. And then 2007, another four. Come around to 2008, I did around like seven or eight deals and actually trailed just doing very minimal and but hard, hard work going up against 30 off when the foreclosure market hit, that's going up against 20, 30 uh, offers every single time. And so I just bought, 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 kept my head up. And then all of a sudden the gradual success came, but it wasn't easy. A lot of hard work finally. I, I like the fact that <laughs> it wasn't easy. Yeah. Right? It wasn't easy. What do you mean it wasn't easy? I thought, well, I thought I mean, this- you, hop in, you hop in the last 10 years, other than the past year and a half, and, and it has been easy. There's been a flood of business, tons of leads. And I think we got a little bit soft in the industry. And all of a sudden the market shifted. What are we doing? We either shift with market and our business goes way down, or we got to work twice as hard right now, get back up and top. And even right now, when the business is slower, I'm telling my team, let's work twice as hard right now. When you start yeah. seeing those rates drop, all of a sudden it's going to happen. Your yeah. business is going to be booming. People who start slacking right now and just kind of take a break, when the market does change, they're going to be behind. Yeah. But, you know, and that we're kind of not even on, on on fully on script yet, but I got to explore this while you bring it up. This is what I do, Katie, right? I, I divert it's I divert good. off everything, but he's bringing it we're up. We're rolling with it. We're just going to roll with it. But you know what, man? You're right. Rates are going to come down, but yet yeah. we still have a lack of inventory. So it's just going to put even more pressure on 
you know, on, on the buyers making strong yeah. offers and, and, and whatnot. So I think Tom, I don't know what you think, but I think that about the spring of 2024, maybe the summer of 2024, I think that based on all the big shots out there, uh, rates will probably down, be back down, believe it or not, into the fours again is what they're prognosticating. Oh, yeah. So you think mm -hmm. about that, you get rates down in the fours. Now you've got all these people that, let's be honest, during the pandemic, a lot of people bought a house just because it was the only one they could get an offer accepted on, yeah. right? It wasn't their dream home. It was yeah. like, I'll take it, okay? Mm -hmm. And now they've built up a ton of equity. And with rates coming down and not a lot of inventory, they're continuing to build equity right through this year. Yeah. Come 2024, and it's like, rich in the fours? I got all this equity? And this wasn't my dream home? Yeah. I think I might sell this thing. Yeah. So I, I think 2024 is going to be gangbusters for us. I, I really think so. I think it's going to be almost close to 2021. And I think you nailed it. People are just selling this equity. They like their house, but don't love it. But they're not willing to go out and get a 6 7% interest rate right now when they're sitting in twos and threes. But right. all of a sudden, if it gets close enough, it'll be tempting enough for them to go ahead and sell. I think you'll, that'll solve our image. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, it, and that's exactly the word that I use is tempting. It'll be too tempting. It's like, I've got all this equity and rates are in the fours. That's still pretty dang good, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll give up my three. You know, I'll get my two and three quarters. I'll go get a four because now I got all this equity. I get the house that I want and still be affordable. Yeah. It's going to be magical, Tom. It's going to be like unicorns and rainbows and just money at the end of the rainbow you know it's going to be great man but in the you meantime know, one thing i'm telling all my uh, buyers right now yeah and also sellers i say go ahead and buy right now push the envelope be okay with that big payment keep a rainy day fund all of a sudden like you said when all of a sudden the market shifts they're already locked into a house that they love equity is going to continue going up 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 Mm -hmm. All they do is simply refinance. Their property tax is lower because they got in there. They have this built-in equity. So it's going to be short-term pain, but hopefully lower payment and built-in equity in the future. Why doesn't everybody know this, man? <laughs> you know, why? You know, it's, it, and that's what, that's what we say, too. It just makes total sense. The longer you wait, all you're doing is letting values go up. Yeah. And you hit it on the head, too, which means your property taxes are going to go up. Mm -hmm. Right. Your payment's going to increase because of the property taxes and because the price is going up. So do it now. Refi later. You're going to be in way better shape. So anyway, anyway, Katie, what, let, let's start digging into Tom, what, the help that you might be able to give us. We're just super curious about some things like what's the first thing we're curious about, Katie? Well, well, Tom, where um, first of all, where is your business coming from? Yeah. Mr. 32 units already this year. Where'd that come from? Where are all those yeah, people come from? I've watched some of your um, videos in the past, and I think you've got people on there very good at sales, the charisma and stuff. And that just wasn't me. I haven't grind so hard, but what I really love is the people when I get in front of them. I love doing a high quality job in a transaction. And then also knowledge is key in this industry. So I think I focus on what I was good at. And then just by doing a good job each and every time, and knowing how to ask for business, all of a sudden, that's how my business slowly grew. So it wasn't overnight success. It took quite some time to kind of get where I was at. And then I plateaued. I did about 75 transactions for three years in a row. And I just couldn't get past that amount. And I was spending all this money on Zillow, $10,000 a month. And I started looking. I felt like I was rich, but I looked at I had all this credit card debt. Um, not much saved, and all of a sudden, I'm like, 
what am I doing? I'm making all this money, working 60, 70 hours a week. I'm having heart palpitations. What's going on? Something has to change. And that's actually when I got into coaching. And when I got into coaching or high level individuals started coaching me, all of a sudden it started, it changed me completely where I started running my business actually like a business. And right now you have these agents, they don't run them like a business. Like I have one credit card for my business. I have one credit card for the person. And so all of a sudden you're separating things. Every single month I go through my budget. Where, where am I spending money? Is it allocated correctly? Is this money bringing me back money in return? All of a sudden I went from making about $500,000 a year gross, which was really closer to $200,000 after my expenses. Yeah. My best year ever was almost $2 million net after all of my expenses. And it was all just from coaching and listening to what they said and to set me up for success. So you you have to you have to give us a little tidbit. I know you can't give us the coaching program because it'd be here, we'd be here for a long time, right? So mm-hmm. so but if there was the one thing that you would say, you know, it was like, I know all of it's important. I know it all is, right? Yeah. But what's what's like the one thing in the coaching program that you would say really helped move the needle the most? And I think you said it a little bit earlier where you got to find what's your niche and what works for you. Most of the coaching programs say, get on the call, 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 or do the Popeyes, go see people. That just wasn't my personality. I felt like I don't want to sell, but what I excelled at is actually getting in front of people. And so we'd actually do a lot of events and we do a lot of events, whether it's just having 10 people over at my house doing a poker party we're having like Santa Claus come to the house where we invite 100, 200 people. And then once you're doing these events, also, how are we asking for business? Is it just one big fun party? Or are we inviting these people during the party, standing up, say, hey, thank you all so much for coming. Because of you all, I'm able to do these fun events. I appreciate you. If you can continue to give me one to two referrals a year, it's important to say one to two, not just refer me. So they're like, okay. But if you give them an actual number to it, and all of a sudden puts them in the head, okay. Give them one to two this year, it would be good. And then also doing the follow up afterwards. Hey, thank you so much for coming to the parties. And then, Katie, I want to go with you for my next party. Give them little <laughs> goodie baskets at yeah. the end of the event and have something on there that's fun, silly, but also a way to kind of ask for referrals and goodie baskets. Everybody loves the party favor. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. She's yeah. your girl. Trust me. You're going to be blown away. Yeah. And then the, one other big item. So, um, you try to go after, I call them the whales, people that's going to refer you five, six, seven, eight deals a year. So I work with a lot of trust and probate attorneys, wow, and then okay. they're just constantly referring business. But maybe it doesn't have to be an attorney. Maybe it could be someone who cuts your hair and talks to yeah. 50 people a day. I mean, right. so it can be your financial plan or insurance agent. So many individuals that can really help your business if you have that relationship. Tom, let me ask you this. And so we, the next question I think is niche, right? Great. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a niche? Yeah, niche. So, yeah. and so you're, so um, you talked about the probate uh, attorneys, right? Mm-hmm. Probate attorneys. And you get, so you do get business from, from those guys. Cause you, mm-hmm. you, you brought that up. Is that something that you set out to, to, to do, or did that kind of just morph? Like it just, it just became something that you started to do more and more of, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Part of my coaching program was kind of think outside the box and I'd actually go to attorneys' offices and try to set up appointments with them. And then 
when you go to do these, we call them one-on-ones, we try to get an appointment in front of them. You're not going in there selling yourself. You're not saying, well, I'm the best. I'm number one in Solomon County. I do this many deals. Because in the day, who really cares? Most people are more focused about themselves. So what I did, let's start asking questions. How did you become an attorney? What do you love about it? Um, what, what's the best way that you help out clients? And I just really dig deep in their business. I spent 30 minutes talking about it. And then at the very end, I would sell myself a bit on how I think I can help their business grow. And so it's kind of a different way of looking at things. It is. I, I yeah. like it. I like it because you're right. People like talk about themselves all day long, yeah. right? That That's who true. doesn't? Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I, I would rather just talk about myself the rest of this podcast. <laughs> you know, because I'm telling you what, it would be totally awesome, you know, for me. <laughs> for me well that's cool man that's 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 awesome stuff brother i um gosh i, I feel like I, there was something that you said in the very oh i know what it was uh you mentioned that you when you got coaching right mm -hmm. and that's when the things kind of really started to, to well you had already peaked at where people would dream to be right so you yeah. were doing 75 and you've like, I, I'm hitting the ceiling. I, every oh, there's a ton of people who be like, I'd be that'd be great, you know. Let me just stay there. But you wanted to get to go further. But when when you started getting into coaching, one of the things you said that you learned was how to ask for the business. Now, and you did mention at your event, you say, Hey, can you think of one to two? Yeah, I'm hoping you can send me one to two people a year. Is that what you meant by that, or is there other ways that you go about asking for the business? Like in the middle of a transaction, you get a transaction started today. Are you when do you start asking for the business? So when do people talk the most about real estate? When they're buying it or selling when they're, when they're looking to start buying yeah. or when they are currently buying. So sometimes us agents wait all the way until they're in of closing. Hey, please refer me if we even ask. Most of us don't even ask. What happens if you did reverse? What happens if you ask them up front when they're in the process, when you first meet them? And say, hey, I'm going to do such an incredible job for you. I'm not only going to meet, but I'm going to exceed your expectations. I can do that. You'd be able to send one to two clients next year. Nice. So you start then, right away. Start yeah. right away. And then, and then you don't stop there, though. You also ask every time you get good news pops up. Maybe you just got your offer accepted. They're all excited. You keep five <laughs> other offers out. And then it's okay to then ask for a referral again. So you're asking anywhere from two to four times within the transaction. I love it. Uh, it sounds familiar, Katie. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> uh, we love it, Tom. You are right in our wheelhouse, my friend. I got to tell you, I like how you said too, like when something exciting happens or something really cool happens, and then that's probably a good time to ask for it. But I just, and I'm just going to joke around here. I'm going to divert just a minute. But did, where you, I, I got to ask, are you a fan of the movie The Three Amigos? <laughs> Do you know it? my time frame. <laughs> <Obviously>, it? <laughs> it probably is. You're probably right. <laughs> But that Martin Short's one of the guys on there. He's so funny. Like they're yeah. they think they're gonna make all this money and they're not, but they think they are. And then every time that the people are all excited, he always goes, "Ask for the money now. Trust me on this. Just ask for the money now while they're excited." But it's it's true though. There's some there's some truth to that, right? Well, you, know, you, you got you get you get uh, you know a good moment or whatever. Hey man, don't forget, man. If you know anybody that's maybe looking to buy or sell, I'd really appreciate it if you send them our way. Is anybody you can think of right now by chance? Right? It's a it's a great. <clears throat> Don't you guys ever notice that your wives or your girlfriends ask you to do something when you're in a good mood? Nobody asks you to Wait do a honey-do list when you're in a crappy mood, right? Wait a second. It's like the oldest trick in the book, guys. <laughs> good to know, Katie. Thank you very much. 
I'll be conferring your mother about that later today. I'll be here all night. Tip your wagers. Tip your wagers. It just, I said, I'll tell you, I'll be conferring with your mother about that. For those of you who don't know, Katie is my daughter. So, you know, that wasn't a mom joke. Deny everything. They're probably thinking, Frank, what a, what a butthole that guy is. All right. Hey, what else do we want to talk about, Katie? There was something else Uh, I wanted to. You're, uh, you're technology. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you got? Whoa, whoa, what? My biggest change, not only the coaching, but was power of delegation. And it starts with hiring people. I feel if you're doing right about 18 deals a year as a realtor, a lot of times it's a little bit more harder to get the next as you're so consumed with transactions, trying to generate yeah. leads. All of a sudden, though, if you can hire someone, I recommend full-time, eight hours, you pay them a minimal salary first, and we can always increase that. Then you get start getting systems and procedures and process. Where all of a sudden, they should be doing all the jobs that you don't want to do, and they're not high, um, high ROI on your, on your time and your investment. And so all of a sudden that frees me up to really focus on the clients and what really brings in the money. And then you start with the one client and all of a sudden you build from there. What's the, what's the first thing, if someone was going to hire their first assistant today, Tom, yeah. what's the most important, in, in your opinion, what's the most important thing that assistant should probably start, the activities that assistant should probably start with? Well, I think before we get to that, hiring someone is, and that's going to be the right fit for you. You're not looking to hire someone that wants to be you. That's a, most of us realtors, loan officers, we're high team, high high drivers, we're influencers. We want to do sky's the limit. You want someone in a supportive role. So more if you ever do the test, test and S and then C role, where they want to, S and they want to serve you. And then C, they're going to be very detail oriented. So that's very important first. And then one of my biggest game changers was getting out of my emails. I am not in my emails all day long. I never even look at them unless my assistant said, hey, you got an important email, you need to respond to this. And so she handles everything from there. That was one of the biggest game changers. And then just going through your transactions from start to finish, every little item that should be on the checklist. Like once in, once you get a signed listing, what do we do? We send, send it to the TC. Do we need to send the sell and exclude the house on the open market? Do we need to order a coming soon sign? Do we need to put it on Zillow? So we just have a laundry list of checklists and you have clear instructions on what they're supposed to be doing following those instructions. Tom, do you have do you have any any difficulty with or had did you ever have any difficulty with when you brought on that team member? Um I, I would imagine that that team member is going to be engaging with the buyers and the sellers throughout yep. throughout the transaction. Yep. Was there ever any issues with that? Like, like did the buyers and sellers ever think, why isn't Tom talking to me? I think that's a common fear with a lot of agents. And that's why I think a lot of agents don't get that assistant. But you need to do the proper, as your as an agent, we need to do the proper handoff to the staff. And so when I meet them at the listing, it's kind of the doctor nurse. I'm the doctor. I'm here to help do the negotiation. I'm going to be doing a lot of the big communication. I'm going to help write an offer and stuff. And then I set up what my assistant's roles are doing. And then, so I introduce her and then she'll follow up with a nice introductory text message. I have all these text messages already pre-written. So it's not something new each and every time. And she goes ahead and introduces herself. And so I think if you set up the proper expectations, it actually works out better. What do most agents do when they're doing everything by themselves? There's a lack of communication. All of a sudden, they're doing a disservice to their clients. I had way better communication after I started getting the staffing than when I was doing those 75 transactions 
uh, years. I couldn't do it all. I, I got to ask you about, I love the fact you got somebody checking your emails, right? Yeah. Was that was that a was that a big learning curve for the person who started doing the email? I could I can almost imagine yeah. like here comes the emails and with every email it's like hey Tom this email says this hey Tom this email says yeah. that well I might as well be responding to the emails Do you know like why yeah. was there like a was it like that at the very beginning and then the person got to understand how you respond or what a normal response would be I think that would be an interesting thing to teach somebody or you know I mean, to, to be honest it was. An extremely smooth transition. What's half of our emails? I mean, half of it's junk in there. And then yeah. a lot of it's transactional completed. Or is it, if it's a private email, okay, we'll just mark it. So, but that's actually pretty easy to do. Okay. If there's ever, if there are questions, shoot me a quick text, give me a call, and we'll try to answer it. But it, it took probably two, three weeks for my assistant to get that one out. Interesting. Katie, make a note that you're going to start doing my emails after this podcast. Just I want oh, you to yeah, know. I'll get right on that. Yeah. But I, uh, dude, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. hey Tom, when you um hired your assistant, was it something that you went to like a like a business partner or a friend or you know, ask for a referral, or did you put like an ad out there just looking for someone with a description? Yeah, every time we do the like an indeed ad, um even social media ads. Typically, uh, it's not the right fit. I normally like asking um, people that are, you know, like and trust. That includes your clients. Your clients called. And it's a nice way to reach out. Hey, Katie, at house the house, everything. Say, hey, I'm looking for a new assistant. Do you know anyone? People like to help people. They feel mm -hmm. valued. And it gives you a reason to call. So I've gotten some of my best, best employees just by asking. Mm. Good question. Yeah. Right. What's next, Katie? I did, are we going to get into tech stuff? Because I want to hear this. Uh, yeah. Well, the next question is, do you have a favorite tech platform? Uh, for CRM? So, yeah. So we have quite a few that we use. So for the CRM, we're, we're big in the Boomtown. And it's just, if you what, know What how, is it? I didn't, I didn't quite hear that. What was it? A Boomtown. Boomtown. Okay. Yeah. It's probably the number one website for teams. And... I'm, I'm not very tech savvy myself, so I have one of my employees that handles all that. Right. But it's a way where any type of lead you get, it integrates to the system. And now all of a sudden we mark it with this hot um, nurture or watch, and we kind of categorize it or pending close. And then we're able to set up to do's, put in detailed notes, you're able to track the calls, text messages, emails. You can set up campaigns for them. I and mean, just, it just does so much. And then as being, uh, the team leader, oh, I have my, my team leader do it now, but she goes through there and making sure the agent's actually following up with people, have some proper notes, and really trying to get tightened up in the leads. What I found in the beginning, we had, we're buying leads. I had just too many leads. We'd go in an agent that have a thousand, two, three thousand yeah. leads. How are you going to manage that many leads at a high level? So what we're trying to do now is shrink up the lead count. We want at all times at least 10 hot clients, 40 nurture where they're going to be looking to buy in the next um, 30 to 90 days. And then we have a bunch of watches, but we really want to hyper-focus on the hots who are ready to buy now and then the nurtures. And does, if you shrink it up, so much more easy to manage. Does Boomtown allow you to do that? Basically sort them that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many, like, you're... you're 
what I hear from you and most of the other Titans is that most of the business comes from, you know, referral, you know, that type of a thing. Right. But yet uh, we also hear this, like, well, we've got all these leads, all these leads come in. So, yeah. I mean, and these, what I'm imagining these leads are coming in from are from things that are happening with Boomtown. I'm a little familiar with Boomtown. I, I know there's mm -hmm. some, some, some advertising that goes on to draw people through, you know, into websites yeah. and, and bring them into the system. I'm just very curious, and I don't know if you track this, but based on the coaching you're 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 doing, they probably are sticklers for tracking as well. Yeah. But but um, do you do you, I mean what's your like out of the leads that aren't relational, right? The deals that come through mm -hmm. that aren't referrals, that aren't relational, that are just internet generated advertising, whatever it is. Yeah. What's your what's your conversion ratio on closing those things? How many? How many? Yeah. It's it's very minimal on like a boomtown lead. It's not a high quality lead, but it's about a two three percent conversion rate however if you look at it as looking to recruit people it's a way um, to get people on your team so i have right now four four buyers agents in one showing assistant and so it's a way for them to get leads and start building their database and also get over caller mm -hmm. so they start actually learning how to call they're building their database some of these leads can take six nine twelve months to close if they ever close at all Right. But it's a numbers game for the day. And for my, my business, I do probably 99% warm business. So what, I don't point, 99% what business? Warm business. Warm. Referral. Relational. Referral. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, totally. Yeah, to, to, totally get that. What, what, what else we got, Katie? Uh, let's see. How do you stay top of mind with your database? Yeah. So you said you do parties. Do you do yeah. anything else? Do you do mailers? Do you do emails? Do you do phone calls? What do you do? Calling, I still do old school uh, letters. Do you, uh, uh, the month. lick the envelope letter? Stick it yes, in the mail? Yeah, every single month. Um, so I change it up every single month. Um, like this past month, I did a vendor list. So I have over 100 vendors. And so when I meet on my one-on-ones with vendors, I say, hey, I'm going to add you to my vendor list. So it's a way for me to connect with my VIPs to add them in. And then I send it out to about 700 people in my database. And then another one that I really like is called a letter of the heart. Have you heard of that, Frank? A uh, letter of heart? Letter of the heart. Letter of the heart. Yep. And what this is, it's a personal story about myself that has some type of lesson. Up. So the one I just did was a story about how timing is everything. And it was just going through how I met my wife. My wife lived, grew up three blocks away from me. Never knew her. Went to the same high school and stuff. And I wouldn't met her back then. She was pretty cheerleading captain, us a dorky wrestler, full of acne and stuff. She would have <laughs> never dated me. But it wasn't until we met after college and that we actually built that connection. And so just timing is everything. So and, then, and what you're trying to do, you're trying to reach people on a different level. It's not yeah. all sales, sales. It's more sharing who you are and oftentimes share vulnerability. I like it. I yeah. thought, by the way, great story. I could totally see you as a high school acne faced wrestler. Right yeah, now. absolutely. I absolutely can see it. Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> oh, such good stuff. So that's great. Do you do any email blasts or anything? Or is you're, you're the letter guy? That's that's your thing. Do you do phone calls to your past clients regularly or no? I, I do. That's probably my biggest weakness is phone calls. Um, but if you are doing phone calls, you got to minimize who you're really reaching out to. And it should be more fun. It should be people you actually like to talk with. Um, that way, the phone calls are a lot easier. 
Mm-hmm. If it was a challenging client, you don't think they're going to be referring you, then that's probably one I'm just going to pass. Okay. Off of. yeah. do, do you have your assistants call the ones that you don't really want to call? So they still that's get actually, called? That's actually something I'm just putting in place. Um, yeah, I'm going to have an, I have a dialer as well who calls people. And so, yeah. No. Yeah, they they I'm I'm part of a, a coaching program as well. I'm I I do a I, I do a, a 30 minute Zoom call uh Monday through Thursday for the mortgage marketing animals. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm the host of this. It's called the Loan Loan Officer Breakfast Club. And one of the yeah. things that comes out the most is when it comes to calling past clients. Yeah. Right. Is that exact thing you said, you know, as we as the salespeople, we remember the detail of every one of those transactions. It could be one we did 10 years ago. We go, I remember that transaction. I know exactly what. Right. You know, but when they have someone else calling and they call it the doctor, the doctor Butler script. Right. And it's just, you you know, they they say it's so much easier sometimes just to have an assistant make those calls because they have no preconceived notions of anything. They don't know anything. And a lot of times the people that we think maybe they're thinking, you know, I'll never use that guy again. They're really, maybe they're not even thinking that way. They're not thinking that way at all. And so when the assistant makes the call, you know, a lot of times we've heard over and over again in the coaching program that I would have never believed this person would have said, yeah, I need another deal or I got a referral. I would have never believed it, but my assistant made the call. And so it all, it all worked out. So yeah, I totally get it. One of my biggest raving fans referred me 10, 15 deals was someone like, oh my God, I think she hated me. And the transaction went okay, but there's no connection. All of a sudden, business after business. So Isn't you're weird? Saying, hey, you never yeah. know. Yeah. That's if, weird. if you jump back to technology, so I told you about my CRM. Yeah. The other one, the other one's really a game changer. It's called Sisu. Sisu. Yeah. S I S U. Dot C O. Okay. That's how I manage all my transactions, and I can actually show you if you want to. If you want. Yeah, it's okay. Don't do okay. We'll just let them look for themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah cool this, goes, this goes out on audio. The primarily consumption of this is literally going to be iTunes, Spotify, that, that kind of a thing. Okay. So just verbal, visualize us, Tom, walk us through it mentally. Okay. So basically you hire a new employee. Instead of you having to train every little aspect of it, we have the program CC where it lays out every single step or seller, every single step or buyer. And you're able to record videos for every single step. Could be something as once a contract's accepted, sending out cookies to the client. And you have a short little video, how do you send cookies and how to do it properly? And so it just walks you through every single step. And so I have a bigger staff right now. And so I can see who's in, who has to do this item. And then they have to check it off whether it's been done, progress, completed. So love it. Sisu. Yeah. So Sisu. you can build your own training manuals in there essentially so when you bring on new team members it's like great go through the course right is it also so like if they get stuck on something they can just search a keyword and oh there's what i need and then i can just i can just no it's you know for every transaction we go through our steps so like on my bias i have 100 steps probably similar on the seller so should just go in the proper order as well right it'll be like pre steps post steps Mm. it'll be marketing Mm. so i do have it categorized very cool. Yeah. You, did you record most of those videos? Uh, I record none of those. No, that's not my highest and best use. Right. So yeah. one of your team members? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, that's kind of a into going into our next question. Um, <clears throat> do you have team members? Obviously, we, we already know that, mm-hmm. um, that support you. But how many do you have and what do they do? 
Yeah, like that support you, not like other realtors that are doing their business, but like Tom's, yeah. Tom's team, you know, that helped Tom get everything done. Uh, so I have a team leader. Um, team leader is going to be meeting with uh, agents one-on-one meetings every single week, controlling their leads. If a lead comes in, we try to get it to the team members first. They don't get to it, then the team leader is going to make the phone call, set an appointment, and then sign it to an agent. And so she, that team leader just makes sure everything runs smoothly. And then I have someone for uh, pre-listings. So anytime, anytime I get a listing, she's going to have my whole listing packet complete. So it's going to have all my marketing, a listing contract on there, net sheets compared to market analysis, and she'll just set it on my desk. And so I'm ready to go to my appointment. Once I get a contract, give her the contract. She's going to go ahead and order photos, um, upload everything to the MLS, upload the photos. She's going to go to listing appointments, make sure the house looks perfect. She'll do the MLS checklist. And so for my part, once the listing's ready to go, let's hop on there, review everything, change a few pictures nowhere I want. I click submit. I send a little message to my client. Here's your house. It's on the market. Everything looks great. Show her how showings will take place. And I look like the hero when I did minimum amount of work. And then, and then once in contract, um, I have a post closer. She handles everything um, from start to finish from there. And so when I go to listing appointments, traditionally I only go to the house once. And then I have everyone else helping in between. And, uh, Is it different for a buyer? Do you got a different team member for buyers? Or uh, I have a showing assistant for buyers. Mm. So since I'm doing the production I'm doing, it's too hard to handle every single buyer. Yeah. So what I'll do, I'll meet with a buyer first. I'll go through my buyer's consultation. And then it's kind of going through the steps. But then I introduce my, I don't call her my showing assistant. I call her my showing partner. We're partners in this. We work together. Yeah. And I'll kind of go over, like, if I'm ever busy, I want to make sure you're taken care of all, at all times. I want to give you the highest level service we can. So I have a showing partner here that's going to help you out view homes. If I'm free, I'm going to help show you homes as well. And once we, once you see a house you like, I'm going to be the one putting together the offer for you. I'm going to be the negotiating, fighting, trying to get your accepted. And then once in contract, she's going to be the one setting up all the inspections, requesting disclosures, uploading the documents to our transaction coordinator, ordering the gifts. And so I'm just really there for the contracts um, and, and the request workers. I got a sidestep. One one thing, um, you said I'll have the initial buyer consultation, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think I've heard anybody say that, Katie, yet. I'm, I bet the people are doing it, but I, I just don't think I've specifically heard an agent say, "If I got a buyer, I'm going to meet with them and have a buyer consultation." Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of real high level overview. What's the buy? What does that mean? When you get with somebody and like, what do you what do you talk about to for a buyer so- consultation? A lot of agents will just meet them at the first property. Yeah. I like to get them actually in my office, sit down, get them a cup of water, Coke, whatever, and we're, we're bonding. First few minutes, I'm digging deeper. How do you meet if it's a couple? And then kind of go through a little bit about them. And then I go through the process, right? So when you're looking, go out and look at homes, you see that perfect house you want, you kind of go through the process going through writing the offer, inspections, how much average cost of inspections are. Just go kind of go through the full gamut of items and just give them a full overview of what the process looks like. Once they're there, and it's also a way for me to sell my myself. So once I'm in front, typically I can win them over. 
But if you're just trying to sell on the phone, it's a lot harder to sell on the phone mm. than it is face to face. Got it. That's good. Good. I, you know, Katie, I, I, I let's jump. To, I want to ask Tom. This one is everything you're saying, man. I like if I'm just thinking if I'm a, a <clears throat> if I'm an agent listening right now, I, I'm thinking seems like this guy's got his whole thing really tightly knit together. Mm -hmm. Like, are you, are you looking to add agents, Tom, or to your team uh, or yes, no. I know that sometimes people yeah. say, no, not really, you know, but are yeah. you? Yeah. At this point I'm not, but okay. just for newer agents out there. Yeah. Give us some I, advice I think, for new agents and we'll, we'll make that the last question. What's the advice you would give to brand new agents? If I would have started on a team from the beginning, I think I could have saved six to seven years and really, really went through a lot faster. You make sure you get the right team, make sure the team's dialed in, not just someone starting it from scratch and it's all over the place. And also find something that you like and want to be around and be like. I think that's very, very important. Like like a mentor? Exactly like yeah. a mentor. Okay. Like I had one, I also had a brokerage firm. One of my agents, um, he wasn't my agent at the time, but he started interviewing everyone He's like, Tom, I don't know if I want to work with you. And you're creating all this production and stuff. And I'm like, but he kind of wanted to be like me. I'm like, Dylan, why are you looking other places? I'm showing you the stuff. I'm a mentor. I'm going to be laying it all out for you. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And then even me being an owner broker and having agents underneath me, you can learn from someone who is just a sales manager or you can learn from someone who's actually in the dirt, working hard and actually coming up with new ideas, adapting the market. I mean, this market's ever changing. I'm ever changing. I love it. Good stuff. Great advice. All right. Let's wrap this thing. thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, because we're closing it, but I just want to know for the people out there, you know, what areas are you serving, right? And how can buyers mm -hmm. and sellers, um, you know, potentially get a hold of you if they're looking for you? Oh, best question of the day. Right? Saved it for last. Yeah. yeah. And this is actually advice for other people. I hyper-focus in Solano County. When I started going with Sacramento, I, new agent, I went everywhere. What happened when I go up to Sacramento, it's going to take me 30, 45 minutes to go there. I knew nothing about the area. I'm getting lost. I don't know the schools, anything. And all of a sudden, I'm showing up homes and I have to drive all the way back. So my drive time is an hour. I was doing a disservice because I didn't know the areas. So I hyper-hyper-focus. I do probably 80% of my business in back of them. And then also cover Fairfield, Sassoon, uh, Winters, and Dixon, but very tight-knit area. And just give me a call, 707-592-2852. I'll take That's your So great. Call. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful trans. Be beautiful yeah. podcast. You're a true titan, Tom. Unbelievable. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, dude. On. Thank you, Katie. You're yeah. Great, great pleasure. We're looking forward to grabbing lunch with you. Maybe not, maybe not next week, the week after. We definitely want to connect you with Katie with the stuff out we, we were talking about. But uh, Katie sounds like a superstar herself. She is. She mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Well, that's why I have her here. You know, that's why I have her. You know, the rather lucky Katie than me. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. I say the same about my wife. Everyone rather look at her than me. <laughs> right. That's. A uh tom thanks so much stick around don't go i'm going to say our goodbyes but don't go so uh hey we're going to get out of here guys thanks for tuning in once again to the real estate titans podcast it was a pleasure talking to tom such a titan such great stuff i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got a lot out of it uh do us a favor subscribe if you're meeting us for the first time you always get notified when we have a new podcast come out we do them all the time quite a bit what do it do it just do it <laughs> <laughs>
And if you would like to be on the podcast, you might be able to get on here. It depends. You got to have a chat first with our team member, Bill Crossan. You can reach him at 707-220-1444. With that, we'll get out of here and see you next time on Real Estate Titans Podcast. We'll see you. Adios. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. All right, Tom, don't go anywhere. You have a great voice, mate. Thanks, man. So this is what we always do at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We we tell you a joke. You ready? You ready? It's a joke. It's, it's a joke. joke. Katie's going to tell you a joke. Okay, ready? Okay. What's, a, what's a DJ's favorite pizza, pizza sauce or what? pizza topping? A DJ's favorite pizza, pizza topping. Pizza topping? What? Marinara. <laughs> That's actually good. <laughs> I was afraid it was going to be a bad joke and I had to laugh, so. <laughs> one, to, one, one to five. Time. One to five, Tom. What would you say? One to five. How would you rate it? Uh, I thought everything went extremely well. Great question. The, no, the joke. The joke. Oh, I, I grew a four. A Normally, four? I don't laugh at jokes, so I thought it was good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We've never, if it's we've never. You'll repeat to your, to your, you know, children. Then it's, it's a good one. Yeah. If, see, if it was yeah. dirtier, I would have been a given five. <laughs> <laughs>